Good morning, Jonathan Washburn. How are you today? I am good. I always give a weather update at the beginning of these things, like I'm Al Roker. Um, <laughs> had our first big snow of the year today in Cleveland. Looks like three inches and counting. I had to get up and snow blow my, my uh, driveway this morning before I could get here. So um, winter is officially here, I suppose, which I'm always good with in January. February, I still get to get bored with it. The worst part about living in Cleveland is it'll be like April 20th and you'll get another snow and you're just done with it. But right now, I'm okay with it. That's so funny. Yeah, you know, it's um, we got our first like flurries. It seems like this just yesterday as well. We didn't get anything that stuck. Um, but there is something to be said that you know you get the snow, you get the Browns out there on the field, and uh, you know life is good, right? We don't want to talk about the Browns right now. We can uh, we can ignore that part of the conversation. It could have been good, but it wasn't that good in twenty twenty one and twenty twenty two. Sorry about that, buddy. So, I didn't follow yeah. it, so didn't mean to hit it's the right. hit the nerve. It's okay. <laughs> it was not it was not the good, the best year to get season tickets for the first time. I'll tell you that. Well, not for you, but for somebody, I'm sure. <laughs> right. It was good for the, I guess, the Browns organization to yeah, get my money. Well, I thought that. Yeah, I was thinking the other guy that owns the company. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah. That's right. Yeah. That's right. So anyway, so you got some big news for us today. I'm super excited to hear about it. My throat is a little jacked up, so I'm going to do a lot less talking today and let you lead the conversation. What are we hearing about FHA rates and and everything today? Yeah, so got a couple of different things I want to talk about. Uh, we are going to talk about rates, probably pretty extensively. But before we even get to rates, there was a very big announcement um, that came out from Fannie Mae just two days ago on January 5th that I think is going to affect a lot of people. Um, so a lender letter came out January 5th. Here's what it says. It says, uh, we periodically reassess our pricing as it relates to specific products and current market conditions. And under the guidance of the FHFA, and in coordination with Freddie Mac, we are revising our pricing for second home and high balance loans. In addition, in addition to further support our efforts with affordable housing financing, we will no longer charge a high balance LLPA for loans to first time home buyers with income less than or equal to 100% of area median median income. Okay, so the big picture takeaway for for people that live in most places in this country is this. Uh, interest rates on second home purchases are about to go up astronomically. Of Here's course. what's kind of going on. Uh, Fannie and Freddie and other people at the government have been looking into our housing um, market, and they have seen what we have all been talking about for a year now, for two years now. Wow, there's an inventory shortage. And there are a lot of people that are trying to buy homes, primary homes, a lot of first-time home buyers that are trying to buy their first homes that are unable to. Why? Well, because, number one, there's just less houses available. And number two, a lot of the, the homes that are available are being purchased by, uh, let's just say, more qualified buyers. 
right? Cash buyers from bigger cities that are moving into town. Uh, and, uh, uh, individuals that are buying investment properties, right? That have great credit that are putting a lot of money down, et cetera. Um, and so what they have decided is, you know what? We think that one of the problems for this housing inventory is that people are able to buy second and third and fourth and fifth homes. And when people, then when some people have more than one home, it makes it harder for other people to have even one home. So they have announced a huge, they call it a pricing adjustment for second homes. Here's what this means. I'll give you some actual numbers. In the past, um, if you wanted to buy a primary home, you could get the best interest rate. If you wanted to buy a second home, right, a home down in Florida to hang out for a couple months a year, you're not renting it out, it's going to be a second home. You could buy a second home with only 10% down. You didn't have to put, you know, like, like the 25% down that's sometimes required for an investment property. You buy with only 10% down. And second home pricing was actually not much worse than primary home pricing. It was, a, it was, it was like a quarter of a point worse but it was pretty comparable. But then if you wanted to get an investment price property, your interest rate was probably gonna be at least a point higher and you were gonna have to pay more in, in discount points. Again, you know, they are, the government's doing this to try to make it easier to buy a primary home than to buy a second home or an investment property. Well, in April 1st, they are putting out a lender level pricing adjustment on all second homes. How bad is it? It is horrible. If you buy a second home, and you were at a 90% LTV, which is what most people buy their second homes with. They put 10% down. Fannie, and Freddie always follows Fannie, so we'll, we'll probably hear Freddie announce it here shortly. Fannie is going to hit that purchase with a lender level pricing adjustment of 4.125%. Meaning, what so like means? if your rate was at three, it's now like seven? <laughs> No, not quite. But what that means is if you could get a, a 3% for free before, now that 3% is going to cost you 4.125 discount points. So if you're buying a $200,000 um, second home, let's say, uh, if you get it before April 1st, you might get a, uh, real quickly, for compliance purposes, I am not quoting a specific rate to anybody. I'm not guaranteeing that this rate is available. I'm just using this as an example. Yes. If you get a second home today, $200,000, let's say you get a 4% interest rate on this second home. Okay. Today, you could get that 4% for no money. On April 1st, 2022, that exact same home at the exact same interest rate is now going to cost almost $9,000 in additional closing costs. That is very significant. Um, and we don't know the effect the market. My assumption is it's not going to affect the market as much as Fannie and Freddie might like. What I think is probably going to happen is that people are just going to start being um, more honest and they're just going to say, okay, yeah, if there's no advantage to calling it a second home. We'll just say it's an investment property. After all, we'll put a little bit more money down and then we can claim income on the, on the house. Um, because I think what's happened recently is that because investment property rates are so much higher, a lot of people have been like 
skirting that line. We're like, oh, yeah, no, I mean, we might rent it out a little bit, but it's really a second home for us. So if you can get it to us as a second home, that'd be awesome. Well, now there's going to be almost no benefit for saying it's a second home besides maybe not having to put quite as much down. So I think you're going to have a lot more people to say, yeah, okay, you're right. It's an investment property. I'll rent it out. Here's the income I'll be getting on it. And that actually helps them qualify. Um, but yeah, that's a big deal. If anyone, if you, if you as a realtor were working with anyone that was like, I want to buy a home down in Florida, you know, for, for, for this year, you know, maybe can we start looking in March or April, I would reach out and be like, Hey, we should look right now because those second home prices are about to get way more expensive. Well, and I'm just going to be honest too. I would, I would assume I could be completely off base here, but someone who's going to buy a second home in Florida you're not getting it for 200,000, you know, like I'd like to see you run that same number. Let's do 750,000. What is that? Can you do it? Can you just do it exponentially? Like the two and the, you know, it'd be two and a half times type thing. Yeah. So, um, if you're buying a 750, if you're getting a $750,000 loan, um, an extra four points on that is 30 grand. Yeah. That's what I was thinking. That's that's significant. Yeah. Yeah. Um, or, if instead of paying the extra points, you just take a much higher interest rate. And, and what's actually probably going to take place is you're going to get a combination of both. What's probably going to happen is instead of getting a 4% for free, you'll take a 5% and still pay two points on it. So now you're getting hit in the monthly payment and you're getting hit up front. This is a huge deal. Yeah. Some lenders have actually already increased their prices because they, they know it's going to happen April 1st. Your lenders are allowed to do whatever, you know. Why would they do that? Would that just make, doesn't that seem like it's foolish for the lender to not, they'd pricing themselves out? Yeah, so, so, um, so it's, uh, that April 1st date is actually a little bit misleading. So here's what the, here's what the letter says. It says the updated loan level price adjustments are effective for all whole loans purchased on or after April 1st and for loans delivered into mortgage-backed securities pools with issue dates on or after April 1st. So if you get approved for a second home today and you buy a second home tomorrow and you close on that home in February, you'll be fine, right? But if you get pre-approved for a second home today and it takes you until March 15th to find that home, right? Um, Then you, you, you lock the rate, you try to close, but that loan closes or is delivered into a mortgage-backed security after April 1st, which is very likely if you're not finding a house until mid-March, it's going to be after April 1st. Yeah. There has, there, that, that loan-level price adjustment is going to be there. So lenders are going to start protecting themselves. You know, some have done it already. Some are probably going to wait until mid-February, but... It's not like you're going to be able to get this all the way up until March 28th, right? Your loan has to close, not just on March 31st, but even a little bit before that, because if it's sold to Fannie after April 1st, or if it's um, put into an MBS pool after April 1st, the lender's going to take that hit. So they're going to collect that from the buyer right now in a lot of cases if they can. Makes sense. They're so foolish in my opinion. Like this is something I just, they, I mean, the things that they think are going to fix the economy is yeah. it, it, it doesn't even make sense that they're going to penalize somebody who's buying a second home. Like think about it. 
I'm buying a second home. It's most likely going to be nicer because you already said the, the investors, they're paying cash, right? Those, those $200,000 homes that are getting snatched up, they're not affecting those people. But the people who have a little extra money, a lot of extra money, we'll just be real, that can afford a $750,000 home, that's going to be a second home. They're just hitting them extra. Like, it's, it, that's not going to save Mr. and Mrs. By them penalizing people buying a second home, it's not going to make a big difference on the first-time home buyers. That, that problem doesn't matter. They need to loosen up restrictions on the new home builds so that new home builders can build quicker build, you know, and, and loosen up the, the red tape that it takes to, to build a home. And then that would allow more homes to be built quickly, which then allows the first time home buyers to get a nice home. That's, that's what needs to happen. And that, that's the efforts that need to be put in, not, not raising this FHA thing on, I mean, the other thing is, so this is might be a foolish question, but I don't, I literally don't know. What if you were going to go conventional? What does this picture look like if you go a conventional loan? Does it, does this not affect you now? And it's just going to make more people say, "Well, I'm not going to get my second house with an FHA. I'll go conventional." No, I, I'm sorry, I, I was probably un- unclear. Um, this is for conventional loans. This is for Fannie and for Freddie. Um, okay. The uh, so um, the I, I said at the beginning this was an announcement by the FHFA. I, mean, I, I meant to say the FHFA. I might have said FHA. You did. You did, but I heard FHA. So that's... Gotcha. Yeah, so the FHA, the FHFA, I just said it right there again because we're so used to saying FHA. That's the Federal Housing Finance Agency. Okay. So they are the ones that, like, they got together with their um, government-sponsored entities, with, with Fannie and Freddie. They were like, let's talk about this. What do you think we should do? We think that you should do this on all of your pricing for second home. And I, I, I totally agree with you. Like, I don't think that this is going to solve the problem. Um, I, like, I do think that there are things that might solve the problem, but they're not willing to do those things. And I don't know that they should do those things. Yeah. But like, what would solve a problem for, for people that want to buy their first homes? Well, you could say that people aren't allowed to buy investment properties or second homes anymore. Like, you could just literally do that. I, I, I'm not saying they should. I'm saying that is the type of step that might be more likely to help, but even that, here, here's what's gonna, the, the, the problem is like, anytime a decision like this is made, here, here's what I'm going to assume, okay? This is Fannie and Freddie products. You know what it doesn't, um, what it doesn't include? Huh. Are money loans. It doesn't in, include non-conforming and, and non-qualifying loans. Yeah. So now, like, now people that wanna buy second homes, that wanna buy investment <coughs> properties, they just might they'd say, okay, well, if Fannie's going to charge me this much to get a 5%, I can actually get a hard money loan on this second home for less money. So now they, they, they're going to, like, um, hard money lenders might actually stand to, to benefit from this because yeah. their loans are handled by private investors. Yeah, that's and true. Or portfolio loans. loans. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and the, the people that are investing in portfolio loans, they might say, like, oh, this is a great opportunity for us now. Yeah. Because if if Fannie has this sort of, you know, if Fannie has this sort of price adjustment for second homes, now we can give somebody a hard money loan, and they'll be even less likely to refinance back into conventional in the future because this horrible pricing adjustment. So now we might be able to collect on this higher interest rate loan for the whole life of the loan instead of just a couple years. So like, you know, it's just it, 
there's never going to be an action that the FHFA can take that's going to be like, okay, now we know exactly what's going to happen. We're going to go this way moving forward. There's always going to be responses by the market. And, you know, it, it, it's just like there's, there's no way to ever completely uh, eliminate mortgage fraud because people are always going to find new ways to skirt around the rules, you know, to, to, to work within the rules or around the rules to, to do what benefits them financially. Yeah. Um, you know, this, this same lender letter level is also affecting high balance loan areas. So, so explain, you know, yeah. In, yeah, so if, if you're in, um, you know, most of this country, that's not going to affect you. But if you live in Chicago, you know, New York City, San Francisco, these places where uh, it's more expensive to live and the loan amounts are higher, okay. this is also going to be a huge impact on you. You know, we're talking, you know, just a regular purchase. If you're putting 5% down on a regular purchase in a high balance um, area, you got a 1% price adjustment now, 100 basis points. Um, your, four, your, your, your 4% interest rate loan is now going to cost one, per, one discount point minimum. And now it, it, these are high balance loans, you know, on a $650,000 purchase, that's an extra 6,500 bucks right off the bat that you have to pay in closing costs because the government is here to help us out and to fix this problem for us. Yeah, I, I think it's, it's, it's so, um, I don't know. It, it to me is just crazy is a, is a fine word for that. It, the more legislation that they put never helps. The more rules that they have to put in place, it never helps the problem. It just, it, it just makes things more difficult. Like, I mean, even we just got these revisions on our, uh, on our documents and it's just so funny to me. Our purchase agreements used to be, I think like two pages. They're now like eight and a half pages. Oh man. They're so ridiculous. And they, they fine tune things that are like very unnecessary, but they've had an issue once or twice. So they just want to rewrite the entire thing. And, um, it's just, there's this one attorney guy that I've actually taken his CE class several times. And he just thinks he's like one step under Jehovah. And, uh, you know, he's, (laughs) he's just, he's like chomping at the bit. He got to be on the uh, document committee and there's been so many changes since he's been on there. Um, and it just goes, it goes like this, all this bureaucracy that they, they, it, it doesn't even, it doesn't even work. It's, I don't understand. Like these people are paid a ton of money to sit in a room and come up with solutions and the solutions they give are, they're not working. Like it's like they, they never sold a house in their life. And if they had, it's been 30 years ago, you know, um, I just don't I don't understand where where they can extrapolate this and say, okay, because we're doing this, this is this is the model that we see. You know, if you can't buy a second home, then that opens it up opens up the door for these first time home buyers to buy that house on the beach. Right? Because that's that's really what we're talking about. Your your second home isn't usually gonna be a modular home, you know, in some like middle of town you know, awesome area. Right. Like that's, that's not what you're buying your second home. Your second home is a dream home. You're right. So that's, that's a great point. You know, I, I, and I do want to be careful. I, I don't think either of us is saying this, right. Um, HL Mencken had one of my favorite quotes of all time. He says for every complex problem, there is an answer that is clear, simple, and wrong. <laughs> right. <laughs> and so like, that's what the FHFA is coming in and they're like, Hey, we have this complex problem and here's our clear and simple answer that's 
probably wrong. Yeah. But I also want to acknowledge like this cop, this problem is incredibly complex and the things that you and I are saying are clear and simple and they're probably wrong in some things too. Right? Like the, the point is there's really not a solution to this necessarily. Like the only solutions that like might actually solve it are like very restricted solutions that nobody would ever have the guts to actually do. And, and like I said, even if, even if, Sandy and Freddie were like, nope, no more, can, no more second homes, no more investment loans, period. What you would have is a huge, is an enormous rise in hard money loans. But why is your solution to cut it off? My solution is to open it up. <clears throat> no, so that's, you know, that's, that's, that's the thing. Like, they're, the only real solution is, hey, we all of a sudden overnight have 5 million new available homes. Yeah. Like, that's the only actual solution. Yeah. But you said at the beginning, loosen up building standards so that we can actually get more homes. That's the only thing that's really going to solve the inventory shortage. And that's not a quick, simple, straightforward answer. That's a long, drawn-out, complex answer that takes a lot of time, a lot of years to do, a lot of money. And, you know, we just all have to kind of kind of go through it right now. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's just so many things like, uh, just a, for instance, and, and I don't want to get too in the weeds, but like knob and tube wiring, you know? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That, that freaks people out, but I've actually had electricians say that's like the safest electric yeah. and, and, you know, but somebody somewhere had an issue. And so they had all of these regulations drawn up and now we don't even like most people probably wouldn't even know how to use knob and tube, but that was at one point the safest method and they've yeah. convoluted it and, and gotten people to think it's so bad that it, they have to rip it out of their house. Um, so. I, had, I had an electrician, <laughs> the, the example he used about knob and tube was like a Ford Taurus versus a Ferrari. He's like a Ferrari can go faster than a Ford Taurus. Yeah, yeah that's correct. And knob and tube is like the Ford Taurus. It can't do all of the things and handle the capacities that, you know, like the new electrical wiring can. He's like, but here's the thing about your Ford Taurus. It'll drive for 250,000 miles pretty strongly, maybe never getting over 70 miles an hour, but it'll go without any errors. Yeah. And that Ferrari, you've got one computer chip in the thing that gets messed up and it's out of service for three weeks. That's what you're saying. This is like to, to verify what you were saying, like yeah. knob and tube, like it works well. It, it's pretty safe. It can't do all of the things that you know. Sometimes our modern homes seem to do with like when we all have like three thousand devices plugged in and using you know electricity constantly. Yeah. But like yeah, it's not really a safety issue. It's uh well, it's just a little bit outdated. Yeah. Um. But yeah. Loosening up restrictions on those types of things will help first-time home buyers more than penalizing second home buyers exactly. and investment home, home buyers because like like you said, those are the people like you're buying a seven hundred fifty thousand dollar second home in Florida to, to hang out at three three months a year. A thirty thousand dollar extra fee is annoying, but you can handle that. So right? so let's go let's go one step further. This is maybe conspiracy theory, but but just stay with me. Sure. Everybody is all about middle class, right? I don't even care about politics. I literally, I can't stand Republicans or Democrat. Like they're, they're just in my book there. I'm not, I'm not in that. So, but everybody says middle class is where we're at. If you're on the democratic side, the liberal side, they really want to penalize the 1%, you know, like that's, that's what you hear. The, the rich people. Okay. Yeah. 
the 1% aren't getting loans for a second home. Who's getting loans for a second home? It's the middle class. It's like, is this just one, one more like penalization for a middle class family, you know, to get a second home? Because the 1%, they don't need loans. They have third and fourth and fifth homes. They don't take loans out. Like, if they do, it's only because it's cheap money, not because they need to. So I just feel like this is just one more thing in, in our, in in the, in the world we live in, right? Like the middle class, like, I mean, that, that's just one more thing that, um, I don't know. It's just, it's kind of just annoying. Like I don't have a second home, you know, but, um, and I've had people talk. It's funny. Like, I don't want to get rich because I don't want to pay a lot of taxes. You know, I don't, Uh it's like, well, when you get to a certain level, you actually find ways to pay less, but, um, it's, it's just, it's just funny. Like, I'm glad that you brought this up. So, so talk about rates, John. That was the other thing that we were going to talk about today. Let's get some yeah, good news, yeah. right? Good news after that yeah, bad news. Horrible news, actually. Oh, my goodness. You know, we, we do want to keep it in perspective. Okay. Um, Don't take me so, to the 80s. I wasn't working in the 80s. <laughs> um, you know, rates right now are still very low, you know. Mid threes, high threes, low fours for a lot of barbers. That's still low. Um, they are not in the twos like they were last year. Yeah. Um, unless you want to pay a lot of points. And in the in the last six months, they have gotten dramatically worse. Um, about four hundred basis points worse. Hmm. So if you could have gotten a three percent in you know in uh, in September, or let's say in May of last year, if you could have gotten a 3% for no basis points, today that same 3% is going to cost about four discount points. All right, so, real numbers. I'm going to buy a yeah. $300,000 house, John. Run me through the numbers. $300,000 house, I do my 5% down. Um, what's that look like? Yeah, so $300,000 house, if you would have bought in May of 2020, you could have gotten a 3%. For no extra cost. Okay. Uh, that same that same house today, you're putting you know you're putting five percent down on a a three hundred thousand dollar home. You're paying four discount points for the same rate. That's more than eleven thousand dollars in closing costs. Or if you don't have eleven thousand four hundred dollars, your um your interest rate probably went from a um. From a three percent up to like a three point eight seven five percent. Real numbers. So, real numbers. What was I paying on my? What was my mortgage payment last year? Yeah, your your principal and interest last year was twelve hundred and two dollars. Okay. And today it's thirteen hundred and forty dollars. Wow. So a hundred and forty dollars more today on the same house. Yep. The same loan amount, just because the interest rates have risen. And as we're speaking. As we were speaking, interest rates have gotten 37 basis points worse just today. Nice. This week has been brutal. Uh, We started this week at 101.9 on the the MBS. Right now, we are at 100.55. So just this week, we have gotten 1.35 discount points worse on rates, 135 basis points worse on rates. So the same rate that you could have gotten, if you got that 4% on Monday for free, today on that $300,000 house, 
on that $285,000 loan um, purchase price, you are paying an extra $3,900 for the rate. You just lost $3,900 in one week because just because interest rates have gotten worse hmm. or you take a higher rate. Um, and nobody expects this to stop. Everyone expects this to continue for at least the next six months. Rates are not going to be low again. Everyone that was waiting for house prices to go down before they went out to purchase, that may happen, but you're probably gonna be paying more on your home, on your less expensive house, because interest rates are gonna be a point higher, maybe a point and a half higher. So that's just, I, I, I hate it. Hey, got some good news. We were just 37 basis points down. We're now only 34 basis points down on the day. So we just got three basis points back. So that's good. We'll continue. When we started this phone call, by the way, we were at minus 21. Huh. So just during this phone call, we lost 13 basis points on the mortgage-backed securities, which is not good for anyone that cares about low interest rates. No, that's good. So extrapolate this for me. So it's about 150 bucks a month times that by 12 months a year. Yeah. And then do that 12 times 30 years. Yeah, so 1800 bucks a year, 54 grand over the life of the loan. Yeah. It's crazy. For nothing. For nothing. It's not like you're getting a roof. Yeah. You're not getting a nicer home. This is the exact same home. A year later, costs you $54,000 more. Six months later. Six not months. even a year later. Oh, I thought this yeah. was from last, like, last, uh, yeah, this, this time last, last year. May, this is last May and June. And oh, wow. The, the lowest rates I've actually ever seen were in um, January of last year. So it'd be in even January, worse. Yeah, in January of last year, we peaked at 105.5 on the mortgage-backed security, right? 105.5. Right now, at this very moment, at 10.55 Eastern on January 7th, we are at 100.55. So we are almost, we are 4.95. 495 basis points worse today than we were at this point a year ago. Hmm. And that's, you know, that's the difference between, you know, uh, that's a lot of money over the life of a loan, let me tell you. All right, quickly, is this what's going to bring our market to a slowdown? We were talking about that last year a whole lot. What's it going to take? What's it going to take? Is this what's going to take? I'm going to answer. I don't know. I do think, uh, well, it depends on what you mean by will our market slow down. Um, I still think when houses go on the market, the competition for these houses will be pretty severe because we just don't have enough inventory. Yeah. Um, People that need to buy still need to buy. Yeah. Right? Um, It may stop some of the people that were like, oh, house values are what? Maybe I could get a little bit more. We don't really have to move, but I'd like to move. It may stop some of those people. Um, I just think that, I think the, the inventory issue is still the single biggest driver of the housing market right now. Yeah. And until that's fixed, I don't really see a slowdown. I do think the middle or end of this year, I think housing prices are going to uh, kind of plateau. I don't think they're going to continue going up the way they have been over the last two years. I don't necessarily see a big dip 
or a bubble happening. I don't think we have a bubble to burst because there's just nothing available. But I do think from that perspective, what are house values going to do? I think house values are going to start plateauing. Um, so, I mean, I think that that's definitely on the table for sure. Well, I I would tend to agree. I think that it's not going to help I, or not going to stop us because I feel like, like you said, people, they just grin and bear it. You know, they're just like, yeah. okay, well, you know, like like we talked, the, the people buying the second home, having to spend an extra $30,000, this is what they wanted. They wanted this house on the water, like the beach, like it's awesome. And they're going to spend their golden years here. Like they're, they're going to just spend it. Yeah. The people who need to buy a home, they're going to pay that extra money. They're going to pay that $3,500. Um, everyone seems to be, everyone seems to have a ton of cash. I, I literally, I, I mean, I don't know where they're getting it, but they, it just seems like, like, Hey, you need, you need $15,000 to close on this. Okay. No problem. We'll get it from, you know? Um, so I don't think it's going to stop. Um, I don't know if it's going to plateau. I actually, I actually think it's, I think it's going to continue to, to go up. I just don't think it's going to be as high. I think that we're still, because especially in Indiana, because we're so cheap compared to other places in the country. And I feel like the politics are in a way like pretty good. Like th- there's a lot of people that want to come in. Um, we're cheap and they, they like the politics from what we've read. People are moving now because of politics. Um, I feel like that's, mm-hmm. Uh, that's Indiana is going to be a good, a good market, but all right, we're going to wrap this up. We need some good news. What do you got for us this week, John? Uh, what, what is the good news after everything that we've talked about? What is the good news? I think this is the good news during times like this, during times where interest rates are rising, where, um, the government is passing new laws and new legislation to make certain types of purchases more difficult. I think these are the moments where the people that are really hardworking and really creative and really driven, they rise to the top. I do think that this is where the cream rises to the top. Um, I think, you know, specifically in my industry, there's a lot of uncertainty because there are a lot of loan officers that are mainly refinance people, right? They make a living off of helping people save money on their current mortgage. And if rates are 500 basis points worse today than they were last year, there's no way that their job is going to be as easy this year as it was last year. Right. Right. Um, For you as a realtor, if interest rates are higher, your buyers cannot purchase as much. Their buying power is going to be lower than it was. Um, This is going to put some people out of the market. Some realtors may have to stop working and get a different job. A lot of lenders are probably going to have to find other employment. But there's opportunity here for the people that are creative and for the people that are driven and the people that are hardworking and for the people that are problem solvers. There is an opportunity to set yourself above the rest. And so for that, you know, because of that, that makes me excited. There is a reason, you know, if, if you and I keep working on this, keep studying this, keep, keep uh, educating the people that we are working with, there's opportunity for us to really set ourselves apart and to really help people that are going to need a lot of help over the next six to 12 months. So that excites me. We have the opportunity. You and I have the opportunity to help a lot of people this year that may be getting bad advice from others. I love it. Thanks so much, John. Till next time, buddy. Have a good one.